Hello, everybody. My name is Lara Edie, and we're back with another episode focusing on female songwriters called The Notes Between, sponsored by the incredible Women in Jazz Media. My amazing guest for today is S.A. and the Voodoo People. She is a singer, songwriter, guitarist, dreamer, and community thinker. I would just add that to the list. And uh, I've got another surprise guest today who will, you know, occasionally chime in. Her longtime partner and music producer extraordinaire, Mufovi, you might know him in London. His name is Carl. And I'm excited to have you both. So I'm going to go ahead and just start off with a nice little quote essay. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Happy to be here. Very happy to be here. Are you getting ready for your gig on the November, I believe it is? Yep. Yep. Plugging away. Yep. And where is it? Um, it's going to be at Rich Mix um, in Bethnal Green. Yeah, it's going to be great. And just to give you a little bit of a background, so Essay Korodudu is the founder and leader of, and I love this quote, of the extended musical family that is Essay and the Voodoo People. So you were London born and raised, and you've been known to create a beautiful niche for yourself as a soul, jazz, and rock singer, I would say. And I think it's, uh, you know, we're going to talk about your album in a minute, but I think that what I personally love from watching your career is that you re- constantly refuse to be pigeonholed. So I'm going to start off. Correct. By... Exactly. And she's smiling. I think you can hear her smile. And I'm just going to start and ask you straight away. Can you talk to us about your influences and how you knew you wanted to be who you are now? Um, the how I know I wanted to be who I am now is an ongoing thing. Yeah. Um, because now I want to be somebody different. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, that's just ongoing. What was the other part of the question? <laughs> <laughs> well, your influences, what led you to, to want to um, become a musician, really? Uh, I grew up with a lot of like a variety of music you know everything from what was on top of the pops to the radio to whatever my brother had on vinyl to my mum's high life records uh to my own personal discoveries um i just love music so yeah i don't know it's kind of one of those things that just kind of happened how did i start playing guitar is probably where it started yeah, I I got into Jimi Hendrix and other sort of popular rock music, Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin. Um, before that, it was like Indian grunge. Before that, it was hip hop and soul. Nice. Um, in the '90s, there was acid jazz. There was like so many, so much variety in music. Um, yeah, I've got hundreds of influences so I'd say guitar wise it started with Jimi Hendrix I totally hear that and actually when I when I listen back to your record Tainted Love your EP I do hear a lot of that and your new single Voodoo Chameleon for sure I do hear I actually hear a lot of Jimi Hendrix but also your voice is very very reminiscent of uh, Skin from Skunk and Nancy who I know influenced you that's interesting 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I love her. I know. I love her. Well, I, I hear her. I hear. She's one of my people, actually. Yeah. Because um, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of black rock artists, mm-hmm. so I kind of collected them all. So she was one of them. Jimmy was another one. Mm-hmm. Lenny Kravitz, another one. Slash, um, Phil Lynette from Thin Lizzy. I was like looking out for you know people who look like me in that space and which makes me want to ask you what was it like because clearly and that's one of the things i wanted to touch upon you went out and aside from growing up in what seems to be an environment where you know you listen to your brother's vinyl your mom's cassettes and everything you know you sort of were immersed in this musical world at an early age but you also had to as you just said go out and search and do the research and find people who were in that black space, right? So like you said, there, were, there weren't many, or at least we didn't hear of them, rock singers, female black rock singers around. So you went out and looked for them. Did that really fuel you more as an artist or as a person who just wanted to retell the story of who you were as a musician? I think it's nice to know that you can go wherever you want to go mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and seeing some representation of that. Um, yeah, that helps you feel brave enough to step into whatever space you want to be in. And right now mm-hmm. it's the jazz thing, <laughs> which is really <laughs> interesting. I don't know when the hell... I mean, you know what it was? I think last year... Because we we did the EP without drums. <clears throat> mm. um, we had some jazz, you know, some jazz cats from the London scene here, popular jazz cats on the record as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we got attached that way, which I don't mind. But it's so <laughs> funny. I, I can't get a gig in a rock venue. <laughs> oh, really? I, apparently I was a rock, a rock artist before. I can't get a gig in a rock venue. And um, I'm getting more interest from the jazz world, which is interesting, but I, not entirely because I'm not really jazz. So some of them are not sure. <laughs> and, then, and some <laughs> of them are like, she's the new, this is the new voice of jazz, which I like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's all very interesting. It's been a really interesting year. I, I love that you're saying that because half of my questions are directed towards that because this is stemming from personal experience. Um, I'm all, you know, I, I can't seem to fit the niche or like you say, the label of, you know, a jazz musician or a jazz singer and a more folk. And then I go to the folk venues, right? And then they're like, no, 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 you're more jazz. So it's all a matter of, I think, at the heart of, just focusing on you the heart of what you do is you're very driven as a musician and I think what sets you apart in both well I'm going to use all actually three worlds the rock folk and jazz world is that you're very community driven Um, and that shows in just me listening just a simple listener you know listening to your records I think that your strength comes from a lot in, in large part you know building a sense of improvisation because a lot of your music is really about and carl is nodding his head so i know as carl as her producer is like yep i agree 
So it's about building that space, that community where not just, you know, reaching out to your, like you said, the jazz cats or your bandmates, you're creating this need to build stories through your improvisational music. And if that's not performance and bass, and if that's not all that it should be about, I don't know what is. So I think, you know, from where I'm sitting, you're doing an incredible job of saying, no, this is me. I don't want to fit anywhere. This is just music. I mean, that's that's the vibe I get when I listen to your music. Yeah, I don't you're know. right. Yeah, cool. you've got me in one. Well done, Laura. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. That's that's why I wanted to do this cool. podcast to uh, to try to figure people out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that would be very very boring, and that, that would never. <laughs> I I don't think artists are meant to be figured out. And um, speaking of which, I think another thing which I find very very unique to you is that you're not just a songwriter you're a band leader and right and Carl's again nodding his head which is great it's the third guest of the hour <laughs> um right Carl I mean you don't see many female uh band leaders do you not well um no no not really <clears throat> I mean you see lots of singers or people that are at the front um, but then often it's someone else doing the MDing part, and yeah, Essay really curates her own her own situation, and that's really awesome to see and to be a part of. Yeah, I agree. And and Essay, did you, you know, I know what it's like to to have that stuff sort of thrown at you and say that hey, you're a band leader. There aren't many around. Did you always feel called to be a songwriter or a band leader, or did they sort of come in together i'm the kind of person who <clears throat> if it's my if it's my work it's just easier to lead the thing the way you mm -hmm. want it done then it just yeah. gets too complicated you know um and the way i've managed to do it is i have people who are wingmen but they're not trying to take over they understand it's my project it's my work um, and they're happy to be involved and to contribute. And I don't tend to treat um, <clears throat> the band members like subordinates. They're team members. Yeah. But I'm at the helm, you know, because mm -hmm. it's my, my music. But, yeah. From my really... point of view, it just falls into place like that with your project. It really is like everyone knows why they're there. They want to participate in what you're doing and that just speaks for itself because I know and from my own personal experience uh, with my own band and stuff like that if it's not like that you're not gonna go anywhere um, so not as a band not as a unit not as a show that you put on you have to believe it and you have to be there for it and in essays band everyone is there for it and that's yeah that's one of the most awesome things I've witnessed from with all the bands and all the people I've worked with that's that's wonderful and coming from you carl and because you're a staple in the in the uh, music production scene in london at least i'm pretty sure elsewhere that means a lot and i think essay you 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 own what you do that's obviously very clear to me and i think that going back to songwriting itself i think the most difficult task we have as songwriters is to build lasting relationships in music you know because we all know what it's like to be in this industry it's it's chaotic it's best you know but when you find 
And I love, essay the way you describe your wingman. That, that's just awesome. Mm. I might make that for the future. You find people who support you, but it's also give and take. And I think yeah. to be, right, to be a, a successful band leader, you need to own the space you're in, but create a space within that space for others because, you know, it's music. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's always going to be about sharing. Exactly. Yeah, I don't dictate. I, I write the songs. I I hear what the contribution is. If it's if it works, then we go with it. If if not, then they try something else. And maybe the drummer doesn't like it, and he will suggest something else. Or you know, but usually people just play what is required. They just know what to do, so there isn't that much discussion generally. Yeah, it's a trust thing. Yeah, it's a trust thing. Um, mm. And so if a depth comes in, they just use the template of what the current um, player is doing on the record or whatever. That's incredible. Because in the jazz world, I mean, we, we both know what it's like where you have, I guess, and this is a no judgment to, to those musicians, when you have two kinds of jazz musicians, the musicians, you know, group A, let's say that walk into a room, listen to the music first, and then go and chart it. And then you have the other group B, which sort of come in with a predisposed definition of like, okay, can you send me the charts? Is this what I'm supposed to play? Is this what I'm supposed to do? And so I love the fact that you use the word template because that's what music is. I mean, even, yeah. you know, you mentioned Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, all the great folk uh, singer songwriters, that's what they did. They went into rehearsal, they changed things constantly until it just like you said there was just no room left for discussing it it was just what it was mm -hmm. and i think that's the beauty and magic of music so this is a great segue to introduce the first track that i'm going to play and it's called lies from your ep tainted love would you like to introduce the track and tell us what it's about um okay so you know, it's received a new interpretation from um, my friend John Clay, who's from a band called Colossus, but he's also a video director, and he directed a video for this. And his interpretation was about uh, social media validation mm. and the falseness of it. But my original story behind it was when you are <clears throat> seeing two people at the same time, and the narrative is that when you're doing that, you're laughing at the person, you're laughing behind the back of the person you're cheating on. But actually, you are going through torment as well mm. because it's actually not a very nice... Uh, it's not an enjoyable situation to be in, to be a cheat. So, yeah. I love that. I've not Great. told anybody that story <laughs> Well, I'm glad you shared it with me. I really want to share that. <laughs> I really did. And thank you for being uh, brave enough to, to share it. I know sometimes it's, it's so many really... years down the line. <laughs> so it's, yes. like, <laughs> it's, it's like far away enough for me to <laughs> confess. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. And thank, thank you for that. I know it took courage. So folks, you're going to listen to lies um, with a beautiful backstory from Essay and the Voodoo People from her EP, Tainted Love. Have a listen. 
Eagles tainted love and I you know I, I want to just talk a, a little bit and sort of break the fourth wall as they say and say that when you do these podcasts it sometimes it can get quite funny when you know the tracks you're going to play and then you know behind the scenes you just sort of clap the guests on and off pretend you listen to the track and bring them back in I just think it's so surreal <laughs> I don't know about That's you very often. <laughs> I think it's just hilarious but I have been listening to the track all morning as I mentioned to Essay earlier. So I want to go back and, and sort of pick your brain a little more and your heart uh, about what is your new album about? Because let's just focus on the title. Your new album is called Is This Jazz? And I know for a fact that you've been quoted by a number of musicians, including Iggy Pop and other non-jazz non, non musicians, about your music just being, you know, quote a really good hang you're a really good band now i just want to ask you something sanra i think i think it was sanra who said 
jazz is what I say it is. Yeah. And I think that's a great attitude to have. So what is jazz? I knew, I'm warning you, it's a big question, but we've got a good amount of time for you to answer that. Um, <clears throat> it's, I'll start with something really pedestrian. Chord mm -hmm. shapes, certain chord yeah. shapes. Um, uh, textures. Um, hmm. How do I describe it? I don't know. It's um, it's not basic. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't say my music is basic. You know, it's not. Yeah. I would say, like, if anything, jazz is when you combine. To me, jazz is fusion. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, in itself. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, you've got the classic jazz, like Miles in the 50s, but then listen to what he was doing in the 60s and the 70s. You know, I, I, that's where I am. That's my my sphere. Um, yeah, I'm, I'd say I'm more on the funk end of mm -hmm. that genre. I'm not, yeah. obviously not anywhere near straight ahead, but I relate to, like, Donald Byrd, um, yeah, Miles in the 60s and 70s, artists like that so because jazz has come a long way you know from yeah, what it was yeah. and it's it's had so many transformations mm -hmm. so like what what is jazz to you you know <laughs> it's like a, it's it's I think of a period of time of jazz that I have that flavor of I don't yeah that that's it's quite it's quite um complicated to explain really isn't it it's more of a feeling i don't know i agree and and thank you for 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 um for answering that for me because actually i think you did a great job there's you know this is me coming from a, a conservatoire background and um you know i can talk about it like you said now because i'm far distance away from graduating Guildhall, so it's safe to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think that when you're within the four walls, so to speak, uh, of a conservatoire, jazz is something completely different, you know? I mean, we're, you said you mentioned some of the greats. I'll, I'll take it back even further to people like Duke Ellington. Or yeah, I love, I love him. Yeah, they were game changers. And Duke Ellington was, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, literally has said on countless occasions that jazz is the extension of what a classical musician feels like when they're high and i i think that <laughs> quote, for me that just is like a very nice way to sort of like lighten the thing of what is jazz you know take it take it from it what you will and then nina simone who was prolific was rejected from juilliard so there you go so but she again in guildhall she was never added to the syllabus of jazz so I always found that, yeah, I know it's it's horrible. And I always found that really interesting. And I remember the countless uh, quote unquote discussions I had with the professors and asking them, well, why isn't Nina Simone on the um, 
the syllabus. syllabus. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, I think British jazz is great, but you nowhere in your syllabus have you mentioned uh, black music. Well, it is black music jazz. Let's just call it for what it is. You've never even given the history. And I think they have come a bit a, a long way since then. See, this but, is where I, I distinguish mm. myself from rock because <clears throat> I yes. consider what rock is or has become is white music. And mm. I don't necessarily share like an entire sensibility with that style. I have some mm. element, but mm -hmm. it's there's, I don't know how to describe it. There's a lot more, I have a different, approach to it I'd say mm -hmm. um which is where Jimi Hendrix comes in because yeah. I feel like he was a crossover artist his next foray would have been jazz he was going in that direction and if you listen to um Axis Boulder's Love mm -hmm. he's already going in that direction that's where I started that's where I'm coming from that's my yep. that's my jazz my rock my jazz rock and then I go from there um yeah there's I agree so much to it Laura <laughs> I'm like oh, <laughs> what am I really doing I know I know all the pieces to bring together so I can explain yeah the whole what? story and and I hear you because you that's that's exactly I think that's music in general you know if if music is it, I think everyone experiences music differently and that's what makes it quite a special medium of performative art because you you have to relate on a personal level and you mentioned that rock as we know so far is a sort of quote-unquote wide experience I would have to say that you know musically speaking rock comes loosely from a rebellious folk reinterpretive genre and musically speaking, in terms of chord structure from jazz, just simplified. That's just obviously a very simple way to put it. So I do think its roots are still very much um, in Africa and the Middle East. I, I would say. Yeah. yeah, and I think know, that... it's been kind of hijacked. Mm. So yes. I don't fit there. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. which, is what I, which is what I wanted to say that when I listen to your music again, um, and I listened quite a few times, obviously, I hear, I hear this chameleon shape and I hear you pushing the fourth wall and saying, nope, I don't fit there, 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 but I include elements of all those genres. So that's very, very, very clear to me. Yeah. Um, and I want to compare you to one of who I thought was also a, a boundary pusher, uh, Marlena Shaw. Um, and her, the live version of uh, Women of the Ghetto, for instance, for me, was a game changer because it's like a 10 minute long, quote unquote, improv where her voice is improvising, but also she's narrating story after story after story. And for me, your music, if, if I wanted to, yeah, that, it's the truth. And if, if I know that speaking as a music journalist myself, it's annoying to have to pigeonhole artists, but we do it because of so many reasons. So if someone were to listen to you and they didn't know your music, automatically I would put you up there with the greats because you you are an improviser, you are a mood setter, a vibe creator. And I think that you have a lot of stories uh, and there's more where it came from, obviously, that you'd like to just say, listen, 
this is my canvas, your canvas is your band, and you are a painter and you can create and paint whichever way you so please. And I think that's what makes your music extremely special. And I'd like to introduce another track for you to introduce, if you don't mind. And I love the title. I love your titles of your of your album, <laughs> of your tracks. And this one is called How to Spot a Sociopath. Yeah, that's the, then we cut it and then we cut it Lost me, mate. Yeah. 
how to spot a sociopath. Um, I'm going to leave it up to the listener's interpretation for this one because I feel like there's a whole story behind that one. And I think it's a very bold, bold, bold track. Um, I want to just go ahead and ask you, as a band leader, when you're creating music and when you're in the same room with all those wonderful musicians, if an ideal scenario, you would have taken a younger, an up-and-coming singer-songwriter under your wing. What, what advice would you give to that person, I say, about how to work with other musicians? Um, I think it's really important that they are your friends to some extent because um, I think you make better music with people who are your friends people who know your story or are interested in your story and want to be a part of it mm-hmm. because there's something about what you're doing that they resonate with you need those people um yeah se- session cats is not where it's at <laughs> so <laughs> um and and it, yeah so that that's interesting cuz i I mean, from my own experience, well, at least in the London music scene, I find that the concept of, you know, going to jam sessions, and I know you guys were very supportive of a particular jam session. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, we think the name was Ori? Ori Yeah. 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 So I think it's sort of midway, isn't it? You see a lot of session, really great, let's say, open-minded session musicians coming into these jam sessions and raising the bar musically as they do because they're so used to it and you have other people walking in and wanting to create a sort of connection i think that would you would you agree that you create a musical bond first and then friendship comes out of it or is it the other way around let's say um yeah that's right um most of my connections have started on a non uh non-professional basis you just meet mm-hmm. the people like we have a lot of musicians come here for the Belmont Villa sessions and stuff like that and maybe you jam with them afterwards and you get on and you vibe and you you, you ask them if they fancy doing a gig and they're coming around to your house so you see them and yeah it's like a it's like simultaneously that both things are happening at the same time um you're becoming friends as you're becoming uh, bandmates, colleagues, or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree, and I think that um, because when I first met you and Carl, um, it was at your uh, lovely community, which again is very known now in London as the Belmont Villa Sessions, and I think, it, I think it was born out of the pandemic. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, and. Right, and it took flight, Carl, didn't it? And and that's where I met Essay and uh, borrowed her guitar for for that beautiful performance, which I will never forget. It's good with it. <laughs> Thanks. And um, I remember thinking that again, coming from a conservatoire background, which I've gone way away from, thankfully. I think that I remembered what it was like to just walk into a room, meet people, vibe with them, and then just make music. And I think. That may sound like a simplification, but going back to what you said, that's the way forward in music. I mean, we've been torn apart by 
a pressure to overproduce, to overshare, like you said, on social media, to prove ourselves time and time and time and time again. But really what we're forgetting is the magic of it all happens, like you said, on stage and then in rehearsal rooms. Right. And oh, oh, Carl is giving a little silent clap. I love this. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, man. But it's true. And I think that this is it's kind of like an unspoken responsibility. I think we have to pass on to the next generation to say you don't have to follow this very, very chaotic trend of overexposing yourself. You can just go back to basics. And yeah, so I agree with you. Um, and so I cannot believe it, but we've come to the end of the podcast and oh which God. actually, is, I know, see, it passed by really quickly. Yeah, it did. Um, I want to just ask you, oh, I, I want to ask you one last question. Your beautiful, beautiful video just came out of your track Voodoo Chameleon. And I love it. I think everyone should go see it on YouTube. Um, and I just want to say that when I saw your little I'm going to say linear notes uh, at the bottom of the video. You said, we are all on a journey. We are all one. The universe is you in verse. That is stunning. Can you elaborate on that and what it means to you? Um, yeah, I've been on a journey recently. I won't go into too much detail. Mm -hmm. But um, that journey has brought me to a conclusion that I already kind of knew. Like, we are all one. Everything on this planet is connected genetically. Um, everything out there in the universe is connected to us genetically. We are all stars. We are made of stardust. Um, mm -hmm. It's as simple as that, really. And we all need to try and get on. Because <laughs> we all share the same planet, you know... An illness can come along and wipe us all out, uh, you know, nuclear bomb, like whatever. Yeah. Unity is a must at some point. And also, I guess, accepting people's differences, that there's a whole spectrum and you can be whatever you are, just be what you are. Yeah. Beautiful. That that's exactly what I feel about music. So oh that that that's just gorgeous. I, I wonder if you were ever inclined, I say, to do a spoken word record, because I would totally, totally hear that you I'd be just Yeah, that's a really interesting idea, Lara. Maybe for oh. yeah, that would be cool. Because I haven't done that yet. And um that could definitely think, be interesting. Uh, yay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a project it's... that might fit on. So. Yeah. <laughs> Some ideas brewing here. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to see you go. I will talk to you after this, but I will just like to say thank you so much. I say and thank lovely you. surprise guest, uh -huh. Carl. Thank you. Thank you, folks. I'm going to go ahead and play Voodoo Chameleon by S.A. and the Voodoo People. Uh, her new album is going to be insane, I know. And... I say farewell. Sorry, I got lost there. Uh, this is The Notes Between, sponsored by Women in Jazz Media with myself, Laura Edie. Bye, SA. Bye, Carl. Laura, lovely to see you.
Thank you.